Say what? Think I think a lot of people have moved over. I think they're on Rumble and Odyssey, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So that's where you'll find all the good stuff. Yeah. Because that thing with YouTube is it's, it's, it's gone commercial. It's like TV now. You know, it's so heavily censored, you know. Yeah, it's really bad. I thought the common law stuff was pretty okay, though. I never had a problem with that stuff. Well, the, the common law stuff that has... Um, I'm not saying they're um, doing it on purpose, but it's like controlled opposition. So if you start talking about the common law stuff, but you end up actually supporting the legal system, then that stuff will be allowed to stay on YouTube because obviously that is acting like um, um, controlled opposition. Okay. That will be. But if you actually talk about the common law stuff, the ultimate truth, you'll you'll get kicked straight off. Wow. Um, that's the stuff that uh, I mean, I mean, talking about common law, you see a lot of people out there, they're, um, they're looking for this common law. And I says, well, if you go looking for it, you won't find it. Just <laughs> think. <laughs> OK, so yeah. you see a lot of people are brainwashed into thinking that they should look law up. They still believe that law is written down on a piece of paper. And that's why they believe the legal system is law. And I go, no, 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 no. So because these people are brainwashed, they, they might be turning away from the legal system, the paperwork, but they're looking for other paperwork that's magically called common law. So yeah. just, you know, it's coming out of one trap and going straight back into another, which is pulling you straight back into the legal system again. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So that's why a lot of common law stuff that's on YouTube, they might have good intentions, Mm -hmm. but they end up giving out bad information. There's a lot. There's a lot of that, too. And honestly, it's been kind of getting to me, too, because I have even friends who are like getting into that stuff. And they're like, look, this common law stuff is crap. And like they'll send me another guy who says common law is crap. And, you know, he's like mixing in more of the legal. And yes, so it, like it gets really confusing and frustrating. And the, and yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people poo pooing it. And when, when I say common law now, like my understanding is just true law. It's yeah. just the easier way to say it, you know, common law, because everybody calls it common law. But yeah, you guys, you know, basically taught me that it's, uh, you know, yeah, the true, true law outside of the, the legal system. Correct. Um, so I, I this episode was intended to be <laughs> like a three, three yeah. person thing. Um, I, and oh man, it was going to be great. But um <laughs> One person that I had asked to join us um, said that he didn't want to be associated with um, like the the sovereign kind of verbiage um, because he said that um, it's it's heavily like considered within the legal system as like domestic terrorism. Yes, well, I understand where this is coming from, but that's if you decide to use the title sovereign mm-hmm. and you fall into this trap again or if you call yourself sovereign citizen right so yeah you'll get straight pulled into the legal system. see this is how they do it the people who control the legal system come up with titles and if it's like calling someone anti-vaxxer or something like that or whatever right. it is 
if you, as soon as you accept that title, you've now been pulled into the legal system and you've lost at that point. So what they do is they, they create titles. One of the titles is sovereign or sovereign citizen. And yeah. then if you accept that... Oxymoron. It is, it is, yeah. How can you be sovereign <laughs> and a citizen? Yeah, that makes no sense. You know, yeah. Sovereign means no one controls you. You have total authority over your life. And citizen is slave to the city. You're a slave. So you can't be a sovereign citizen. Anyway, so they, they create these um, titles and they pull yeah. you back in. And if you accept the title... And then they'll come up with a new, oh, yeah, you're um, a yeah, domestic terrorist and all this sort of nonsense. So this is why I always try and tell people is don't apply the title to yourself. It is, in fact, a status, you see. So that's, you know, I know people call me Sovereign P. It's just a nickname, you know, but it's not a title. It's a status. It's a, it's a way of life, okay? Mm-hmm. So as long as you don't allow them to apply a title to you, but it sounds it sounds like what he was saying is that regardless of what you consider yourself, they will apply that anyway. And they'll I don't attempt. know, maybe people are getting in trouble. What's that? They'll attempt to. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is where a lot of people go wrong. They, they, they don't know how the system works. OK. And then they'll end up in court, not realizing that it's not a court of law in any way, shape or form. Um, but basically, it's, the, it's an administrative and corporate court that is operating as a trust. And within that court, there's three separate jurisdictions that are also operating as trusts. So it gets very complicated. So the average person going in there who has a little bit of knowledge walks in and say, I'm sovereign and I'm operating under common law. Mm. <laughs> You've lost. You've lost. Yeah. So, I mean, there's Americans who think they're patriots and they're going in there and they go, I've got the uh, Constitution. Don't bring that into a, a court of law in America. You'll lose. And some right. judges have said that. So don't bring that in here. It's a different jurisdiction. So, and then there's the free man on the land stuff. Okay. I, 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 I understand the sentiment. Okay. I get it. Yes, you are technically free man on the land. Okay. But don't use that as, an, uh, as a defense if you're going to enter into their courts or enter into their legal system. You'll get destroyed. So... That's where a lot of people go wrong. And again, a lot of people are looking for this magical common law. They, they think they've got something, they, down, they download something from the internet, okay? And they'll go, oh, well, I found myself some common law. And they go into court thinking they've got magical common law, and then it doesn't work for them. And they end up going to prison or whatever it is. And then they go, oh, common law doesn't work. And go, that's because you, you don't understand what it is. So being sovereign is a status, which means you do control your own life. There's only two states, statuses, if you like. Either you are in control of your life and no one controls you and no one has authority over you or you are a slave. That's it. There is no gray area. So there's a lot of people trying to say, oh, yeah, you can be sovereign, but you've still got to operate in the legal system. No, no, don't do that. Um, You can play with the legal system, but you're not obligated to enter into the legal system. So what's the difference then between like, you know, staying out of the legal system and being a free man on the land? I mean, isn't it isn't that kind of what we're going for? I mean, like that, that would be like natural law, correct? Natural law. Yes, right. Natural law. Now, the problem is um, a lot of these people who go free man on the land. There's a lot of people out there going, um, let's buy some land. They want to buy some land and then, OK, we'll grow our own food and then that's it. We'll be left alone. And I go, no, 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 no. How did you actually buy the land in the first place? And they'll say, oh, you know, just bought it from a estate agent or something like that. We bought a lot number and that's our land. I goes, well, you don't own that land because you don't understand how the legal system works. Mm. You just bought a lot. Okay, you're a resident on that lot. You don't own that land and you've just registered it with the land registry. So you have entered into a contract, even though you didn't know it, you've entered into a contract at that point. 
Mm. And that's why these three men on the land stuff don't, don't understand that. Look, these contracts aren't legitimate, by the way, but it won't stop these people who work for government operating on these fake contracts. You know, it's like if you registered your car with the VLA or, um, you know, motor vehicles agency or whatever it is in, in your particular country, you've handed over the rights of that property to the government. You've registered it. And now they will come after you and you won't understand what all this heat is. You'll get bombarded by paperwork and threats and all the rest of it. And eventually people will come knocking on your door and you go, what's going on? And you'll say, I'm free man on the land. And those people won't care because they say, well, no, you entered into a contract. So I, I get the sentiment. Yeah, you are free man on the land. But if you enter into their jurisdiction, then you're going to get a lot of heat. And if you don't play their game, then absolutely, you're going to end up in you know prison, fines and all this sort of nonsense. It's not legitimate, though. I don't want people to think it's a legitimate system. It is not. That's the tough part, too. I think for me, the frustrating part is that, you know, we know it's not legitimate. But the fact is that you're going to have to go up against opposition, meaning the people who consider it legitimate because they're ignorant. Right. Like you still have to deal with the police who, you know, typically don't don't know any of this stuff. They don't know what they're doing. They think they have the authority. So, I mean, what they've done that is sort of genius is they've constructed this, you know, lower uh, rung of, of people to do their bidding for them. And and they're so ignorant that they they believe that they can do all this stuff. So we have to find ways through that. And I mean, it gets really difficult depending on what you're trying to do. Right. Yes. So, I mean, like, I don't know. What do you say to people who are like super frustrated and w- with that and, and kind of like dealing, you know, how do you deal with that? Yes. Well, it all starts with a mindset. It has to start with the mindset. OK, if you go off half cocked, if you believe that the system is legitimate, you believe that the courts have authority, if you believe the police have authority and all the rest of it. And if you believe that paperwork is going to save you, you're going to lose this game. It is mindset. You have to become sovereign and then you understand what's going on. Once you've got your mindset right, you can stand back. You can then look at the system and see it as a game. And then you can play the game. Now, you don't want to bite off more than you can chew. Um, There's a lot of people who get into this common law stuff and they go around doing everything. They cancel (laughs) mortgage payments and, you know, and they end up in a mess. So the best thing to do is, is to take small little battles and do one at a time and get good at it um i mean over time you will be able to work in the private so what okay we better touch on private versus public a lot of people don't understand what the public is all right so you know they think public's got something to do with a government and that's public like it's open to all like common law public they go no 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 public or state public which is controlled by the government is in fact private okay it is a private jurisdiction so what's happened is is you've actually left your private dominion, your private jurisdiction, and you've entered into someone else's. And that's normally done through a title. So they'll give you a title, like resident, driver, taxpayer, something like that. You'll accept that title and you get pulled into that jurisdiction and um, you've lost your status at that point. So what you've got to do is you've got to understand this and then you've got to try and live in the private. So stay in your jurisdiction all the time. You've got to learn how to read as well. So a lot of people don't know how to read. But what you've got to do is spot these traps. So if you get sent documentation, okay, from any government agents or corporation, they send it to you, learn how to read and you'll spot certain things. So you'll see they'll, they'll try and apply the title Mr. to you. Yeah. Well, you don't want to accept that because if you accept Mr., that pulls you into mercantile law. So you can stop reading at that point and say, well, hang on a minute. 
corporation, whoever I'm dealing with, I have no contract with you and I've not authorized you to use that title, mister. So I'm sending it back. I'm not going to continue reading this document. I'm not even going to acknowledge it at this point. I'm sending it back, change that, remove the title. So if they then send it to you in your name, make sure it's not in all caps. It's got to be written in title case English. And the ne- before you even begin to read the document, make sure it's signed. If it's not signed, you send it back again. Say, no, 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 there's no signature on this. If without a signature, then I can't ascertain obligation. I can't ascertain who, it, who sent it to me. So it is a mindset thing. Take on small battles. Learn how to read. Um, the people who control the system are literally telling you how the system works. Literally telling you, but the average person can't spot it. They can't see it. So it's like in this country, for example, um, we have what we call council tax okay well council tax only applies to a resident okay that lives in a dwelling so you were you go hang on a minute uh my my i don't have a title resident i'm not a resident by the way the word resident means someone who does not own the property so you go oh hang on a minute but i'm not (laughs) accepting the title resident so i reject that and then it says uh dwelling Uh, well i don't have a dwelling okay i live in a private home so I don't accept the title resident and I don't live in a dwelling. Therefore, the contract to pay council tax does not apply to me. So it's, an, it's like you've just got to get the, the, the language correct, the words. They trick you with words and the average person can't spot it. I'll give you another example. It's like there's a lot of shops not taking cash. OK, they're saying, oh, we're not going to take cash. Now, the word cash is basically slang. It doesn't mean anything. OK. Yeah. So. And normally, if they say they're not going to take cash, it might be on a sign, and it's all written in all caps. It's on the wall saying, we don't take cash, you see. Now, the average person will just accept that and go, oh, and they might think, like, uh, legal tender money is cash. And they'll accept that and walk out the shop or whatever. You go, well, no, 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 no. So if you go into a shop and they say they won't take cash, you say, well, you know, if I hand out one of these, say, a note, and I hand it over, I said, well, I'm not offering cash. I'm offering legal tender. You see, I've changed the wording, you see. So I said, I'm offering legal tender here. And I say, look, it's got the Queen's face on it. So this is the Queen's money. Uh, are you re- uh, refusing? Use the word refusing. Are you refusing to accept this? Because if you do, that's treason. So you see how you've changed the language. Yeah. Okay. So people have got to get used to that. Read the documentation and, w- and notice every word. And then when you see a word, you go, oh, no, no, what do they mean by that word? So it's like um, they'll start using, like, in this country, they'll start saying UK, all right? So, like, under UK uh, UK legislation, you have to do the thing. And you go, well, hang on a minute. The UK is not the name of this country, the landmass. The UK is just a corporation. Right. You see? So if you see that in a a documentation, they send it to you, and it says, uh, under UK legislation, you have to pay this bill. You go, that's a corporation. That's like McDonald's. I'm not operating in that corporation. I'm not an employee of that corporation. Therefore, the policy doesn't apply to me. So you've got to just start with the basics. Get your mindset right. You have to become sovereign. Then you've got to learn how to read and just tackle small things like parking tickets. Don't take on the mortgage companies and all the rest of it. Don't go into court and think you're going to win that battle. I would not even want to go into court, even with the knowledge that I know. And I would not want to go into that. That's one thing I wanted to ask you is what if you were being pulled into court? Like, you know, for example, obviously, we don't want anything to do with the legal system. But 
Correct. Somebody who is operating within the legal system, like maybe your landlord, you know, wants to sue you or evict you or whatever. Um, yes. And they are summoning you to court. How do you stay away from that situation and still kind of rectify the problem? Right. Well, there's two ways to be summoned to court. Okay. One is through a living, breathing man or woman that you have a contract with, and there's a contract in dispute. Okay. So if they summon you to court, um, it's probably advisable to go. All right. Because they might rule in favor of the person making a claim against you. Cause look, I mean, I've taken people to court myself. Okay. I've done this quite a few times. I've sued people because they're in breach of contract. So if you think you've got a good case, then I would attempt, uh, attend court because what you're actually doing in that situation is you are combating someone else, another living, breathing man or woman. Okay. So you're in dispute. So the court is just taking a back seat. Okay. It's just a place for you to, to have a, a conflict or a, or a disagreement. And then that might be overseen by a judge. Okay, that's one way of being summoned to court. Someone's actually calling you to court living, breathing. The other way is there is no person calling you to court. This is a fake summons, like, for example, council tax or speeding tickets or that sort of thing, where you're just summoned to court. And you go, well, hang on a minute. Who is it that's actually summoning me to court? And there isn't anyone. That's that's the that's the point that people need to, to spot. So, for example, um, speeding ticket, whatever. Let's say you get someone to court for speeding ticket. We'll go. Who is it then? Who is making the claim against me? Mm-hmm. No one is. The judge can't make the claim against you because he he has to be impartial. So, if the judge is actually making a claim against you, then you've got to get another judge then, because then that judge has to step down. He's going to make the claim against you, so he's going to be the living, breathing person who's making a claim against you. You get another judge in, or you should have a jury. Actually, they should have a jury of twelve that makes the decisions. So, there's two ways of getting someone to court. So, yeah, if you're getting someone to court, you know what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. There's no third party here. There's no living, breathing man actually making a claim against me. Then you know that you're in administrative court. And when you know that, then you can decline the offer. You say, well, no, thank you. I don't wish to uh, uh, attend court. Thank you very much. Offer declined. Send it back. So because you'll notice that when they offer you, when they call you to court, they want you to conduct commerce in their court. Right. That's what they're doing. Okay. So in that situation, there is no third party. There is no dispute. All right. So what they're trying to do is call you into court. Um, or, you know, you've, they've made a claim against you, speeding, whatever it is, you know, parking ticket, whatever, one of those nonsense things, and they just hope that you accept it. So <laughs> you'll accept the obligation of the speeding ticket, and then you'll go to court. Just walking into the building means you've accepted the obligation. You've lost at that point. So, yes, it's best just to decline that and say, no, thank you. It's the same with uh, jury duty. Yeah, You can't be summoned to court and just do jury service. Not unless you've accepted it. Not as if, if you put your name forward and say, yes, I will become a jury member. Absolutely. You've entered into a contract. You just can't be called in. So what would be the format of that? Like declining to show up for a ticket, for example, like you would you would write a letter, like just a basic letter and, sure. and say, I decline your offer. Well, there's different ways to do it. Um, what's, what's happening in the common law movement, I'll just use quotes here, is that a new understanding has come about is don't engage with these people and challenge the paperwork at face value. So what's actually happening 
is people are receiving like um, a summons to court, for example, in the post, they open it up. Now, they're not actually challenging the fact they're being summoned to court. What they're actually doing is challenging the document itself. So they'll actually try and read it and say it's written in multiple languages. Right? I've, I've got all caps letters here. I've got different font sizes. I've got all sorts, you know, <laughs> bold. And I go, I can't even read this. <laughs> so yeah. what they do is they challenge the document itself. And then you send it back and you say, I can't even ascertain what this document is about because yeah. I can't even read it. So you just send it back. So that's what a lot of people are doing. Because what these courts are actually doing is they are committing fraud, okay, because they don't have the right to actually summon you to court for anything. They're bluffing. So they, that's why they write their documentation in that way. You know, they'll put things in boxes. They'll put things underlined. So if you see something on, on a document from the court and it's underlined, that can mean two things. It can mean that's being removed from the uh, document, the underlined text, that's not part of the document, or it can mean whatever comes after the underline is not part of the document. So just seeing something underlined, you go, well, what does that mean? So this is how they do it. They will write documentation and you will find it's not even signed. There's no signature. There's no wet ink signature. And if there is, it will be a chicken scratch. So you can't even make it out. And there won't be a name. All right. So there won't be the name of the person with the signature. It'll be like a legal team. So you'll see at the bottom, legal team and a chicken scratch signature. Yeah. So you challenge the document. You send it back and says, look, I can't even read this. I, I, don't, I don't know who sent it. I don't know the sig I don't recognize the signature. I've not dealt with this person before. Mm -hmm. uh, there's boxes all over it, which means it's not even part of the document. So you send it back, challenge it, and you say, I don't know. <laughs> and that's what's happening. I think that is happening in the, in the common law movement now. Dude, I... I watched, sorry to cut you off. I, I watched something or listened to a podcast. I don't know who the guy was, but he said that he would often go into court for a traffic ticket and ask the judge and everybody around, uh, am I here because you think I broke the law? Uh, and they would say yes. And, he, and he'd be like, well, uh, can you tell me which law I broke? And then they would cite him a code. And then he'd be like, well, no, that's not a law. That's a code. So you perjured yourself. Um, does that work? Something like that? It can, if you know how to handle yourself. Uh -huh. um, I mean, there's another one that I quite like the look of um, um, where, because you know, the courts only work in the dead. Okay. It's only dead entities, right? Legal fiction. So it's all corporate, it's administrative. It's not court of law in any way, shape or form. Right. So it can only work with dead entities. So you can go in there and you can say to the judge and um, you can say things like, oh, uh, you, you says all rise. Okay. And then you can question the judge. You go, hang on a minute. Because when the judge says all rise, he's raising the dead. So you go, hang on a minute, judge. Are you rising the dead here? <laughs> and then he writes, oh, is it, are you making a claim you can speak to dead people? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> and the judge is going to go, oopsie. And then you can go, I don't think you're mentally competent to actually hold a court if you think you can talk to dead people. So... <laughs> You can use that. You know, you can play the game if you want. If you really know, you know, if you want to be cocky and you go in there. Because if you know it's only dealing with the dead entities. I mean, there's, a, there's another way that you can leave your birth certificate in there. You can go in there and say, right, well, I am representing my birth certificate. That's the legal fiction. There you go. Talk to my birth certificate. And then you just sit there, quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you say to the judge... Well, you can have a conversation <laughs> with a legal identity, you know, my legal identity. I'm, I'm a, I can't speak for him. 
So <laughs> can you also I think I've also heard um, you can ask the judge, oh, is there an illegal trust operating in my name? Yes. That's another that, one. That's, that's why correct. you go down that route. Yep. In fact, there's, there is a document on my uh, website and it says how to short circuit courts. And there's a whole load of things you can do. And one of them is that, you know, is there a, an illegal trust operating in my name? Mm-hmm. And then the judge is going to start panicking, especially if it's a magistrate. If it's a speeding ticket or something like that, absolutely. Uh, he's going to start panicking because then you'll say, well, bring the bond forward and all this sort of stuff. You know, because you know, as soon as you know that it's operating as a trust, you see what they do is they trick you because it is a trust in your name and you're supposed to be the beneficiary and the judge is supposed to be the trustee. But they flip it. And the way they flip it is by giving themselves titles. OK, so you'll go in there and they'll call you the defendant. So straight away, you've been labeled with a, a title and then they will call themselves the right honorable, blah, blah, blah. Well, as soon as you hear that title, the right honorable, what he's just done is he's made himself beneficiary of your trust using mm-hmm. that title, the right honorable. So you go, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> I'm not allowing you to have that right honorable title. I'm the beneficiary. You're the trustee. You're the one who has to pay this bin ticket. <laughs> right. That um, I've I've seen people go in there and try to reverse the roles back, uh, appoint the judge uh, trustee. I think it was over the uh, set of KV Act, uh, which I'd like to get into. Um, and the judge questioned his mental competency. So they they immediately tried to, like, make you out to be, you know, mentally ill. John Ingress is in court. That's you. Judge as trustee. You are John Ingress today, aren't you? Uh, Before we go any further, I need to know who you are. I am Judge Crocker, right here. Thank you, Clerk. Are you the CQV trustee who has appointed this judge as administrator and trustee of the Constructive Trust, case number 458-2010-CR-01203? Mr. Attorney David Al, your motion for competency evaluation is uh, granted, and we will make we will ensure that before Mr. David Al, uh, Mr. David Al, before Attorney Ingress is back before the court, that we're uh, sure that he understands the workings of the court. What's like? What's the remedy to have? Like, I think some people say um, you should have like uh, been assessed already and have like paperwork with you. You could do that. Um, yeah. There's multiple remedies. Um, I mean, the thing with the mental capacity thing is, you if you if they're going to play that card, you want to strike first and, and play it to the judge, so you call him out for being incompetent or mentally uh, uh, incapable. Okay, so him first. Um, I mean, it depends on. Uh, there's probably too many variables. It, so you try to talk with a hypothetical. It's very difficult because. There's different remedies for different courses, um, but it depends on a whole load of different variables. And that's why it's very, very difficult. But yeah, I mean, um, if they can try and apply that to you, but then you can, I mean, again, they can't apply it to you unless you've accepted their jurisdiction as well. So you shouldn't be accepting the jurisdiction of the court. So Hmm. once you've accepted the jurisdiction of the court, then that judge could then determine your mental capacity. Um, so again, it depends. Um, if you if you have not accepted the jurisdiction of the court, then he hasn't got the right to do that. So you can challenge him. 
Radio, so I just wanted to let you know that the court is ordering you to speak to a state psychiatrist before this case goes I don't consent. I'm afraid it's a court order. I'm afraid I don't consent to the court order. There are consequences when you don't consent to a court order. There are consequences when a higher law is violated by pretend authorities. Mr. Harris, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Probably not best to have this conversation at this moment. Okay, so yeah, I think this this particular video I saw, um, the... The guy didn't accept the jurisdiction, but they they kept trying to apply that to him. And he was just like, okay. no. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah, they could try and apply it to you, but then you won't accept it. That's right. Yeah. So I don't know where he went from there. Like, they just kind of adjourned the court, like the judge left. Clark, did you also uh, appoint the prosecutor me, as executor of this constructive trust? Mr. Ingress. You are the trustee, Mr. Ingress, and Mr. are you Ingress, not the executor? Mr. Ingress. I'm the beneficiary, Well, and I authorize you to handle the accounting and dissolve this constructive trust. Mr. Ingress. I now claim my Mr. body Mr. Ingress, I as I am collapsing the CQV trust, okay, we will take a brief which, you have, which you have charged, time we will resume with as the there is no value in the trust. You have committed fraud on the court. So okay. I don't know, maybe that's a win. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Well, sometimes they would see when the judge leaves, um, what he's doing is leaving one jurisdiction because then the judge, the judge will come back and then you're going to enter into a, diff, a different jurisdiction because there's three jurisdictions in their administrative court. So one is um, priest, one is banker and one is uh, maritime law. So there are three different jurisdictions, all three operating as trusts. So when the judge gets up and steps out and walks out of the court, he's supposed to change his shoes and he puts different shoes on. He walks back into the court and now he's operating in a different jurisdiction. So I believe, I think the order, I might have this wrong. I'm trying to do it from memory. I believe it is bank first, bank jurisdiction first, maritime law second, priest third, I believe. So so if the judge leaves... Um, what you're supposed to do is um, find the clerk of the court and then you say to the clerk of the court, is this court now terminated? Is it ended? I need that confirmed. And it's up to the clerk of the court. If he says it is, because well, that's it, terminate, that's it, game, done. But if you walk out without confirming that the court is actually ended, then the judge will come back in and now he's operating in a different jurisdiction and then you're, uh, uh, you've left the court you've, you've, you know, without the court ending. So that will be... Um, What's that? I can't remember what it is now off the top of my head. In contempt of the court, that's it. So right. that's how they get you because, you know, it is, it's not a court of law. So a lot of people are failing this game because they think it's a court of law. And they go, no, 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 it's administrative and it's multiple jurisdictions all operating as trusts. So um, not a court of law in any way, shape or form. So for the average person, the best thing to do, rather than trying to learn all this, well, at least have an understanding of it, is to not engage. So... A lot of people are sort of getting into the common law thing, but they're engaging with the paperwork to begin with. They're yeah. challenging what is written in the paperwork when they should be just challenging the document itself. So they're trying to make excuses like, I don't know, if they get a speeding ticket, they'll say things like, um, oh, can you tell me if the camera was calibrated and all this nonsense? And I go, <laughs> don't do that. Because if you do that, you've ex- you're, you're negotiating at that point. You see what you're doing? Because you're accepting the documentation. You're accepting that it is a speeding ticket. And now right. you're saying, well, is the camera um, calibrated? 
you've missed the step. You've entered into the negotiation part now. You've entered into joinder with them now. You're negotiating. So you shouldn't do that. So a lot of you know, people say, you know, what's the name of the officer and, and who caught me speeding and all this sort of stuff. Don't go down that road because you've accepted the speeding. Right. So you should challenge the document on its face, face value and say, look, I can't even read this. <laughs> Send it back. I don't understand. It's written in multiple fonts and different sizes. And by the way, the fact I'm sending it back, I'm charging you 500 quid administration costs. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So that's what people, I think that's where people need to be. They, they skip back, they skip past the obligation side of things. Okay. That's what they're happening. See, that's, this is where people need to understand. Whenever you get documentation from any corporation, any government, any court, anything like that, if you get documentation, you need to challenge two things, and that's obligation and authority. Okay? So you, the first thing you should question is, am I even obligated to reply to this letter? That's the first question you should ask yourself. And you should know that you're not, unless you're already in a prior contract with that organization. If you're already in a prior contract, then yes, you're obligated to respond to their documentation. But don't you say to never ignore... That's true. There's yeah. two. Never ignore. That's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. But you don't respond, but you reply. There's two different things. You see, replying and responding is two different things. Okay. So let's say you get one of these bogus speeding tickets comes through, right? And you yeah. try reading it. And go, I can't even read this. I'm not even. Re-. So I will return it. That is a reply. But if I read it and I accept it as a speeding ticket, and then I start challenging, oh, is the camera uh, being uh, calibrated and all the rest of it? I'm now responding. So that's the difference between replying and responding because responding is what you're doing is you're responding to what is written within the document. It's like when someone mm-hmm. asks you a question, you're now answering the question. Right. So it's like if, if someone says to you, oh, it's a lovely day today. And you say, um, yes, it is. It's a lovely day. I love the sun. You've responded. Okay. Now, if I say to you, oh, it's a lovely day today. And I go, jog on. I haven't responded, but I have replied to you. You see, (laughs) (laughs) you see the difference, (laughs) right? So yes, you just never ignore, don't ignore because they'll use tacit agreement and then they'll just come after you. Because if you haven't responded or or replied within a certain amount of time, they'll say you've agreed to the contract, which is bogus. They can't do that, but they do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, always reply and, but treat it like you can't understand it. You can't read it. I mean, genuinely, you won't be able to, because when you actually learn how to read, there's a document on my website called the Plebtorial System. I suggest everyone just download it and read it. It shows you how to read. So once you've learned, because there's different ways of reading, okay? So you've got reading like English. If you read English, okay, what you're actually doing is every uh, letter of the alphabet symbolizes a sound. Okay, so that is reading. It's like music, like singing. So C A T, you'll recognize C A T, and they mean a sound. K A T, cat. C A T. That's reading. Then you've got sign language. Okay, this is hieroglyphics. This is like ancient Egypt. So they will have signs and symbols. You don't read them. You recognize them. So when you see it, you go, and this is I don't know. It might be you know, cat picture of a cat. You go, I recognize that sign, and that means cat. Okay, so because there's two different ways of reading, there's the English way, like music, and then there's the symbolic way, which is hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. What the people behind government are doing is sending you a blend of English writing and hieroglyphics. All right. So that's the way they do the hieroglyphic stuff is like there'll be like logos on there. There'll be different fonts. There'll be all caps. 
So that could be American Sign Language. So if there's anything on that document that's written in all caps, that's not English. Or if I'm using the English grammar rules, then that's an acronym. But you should never actually assume. This is the thing. This is another thing people need to learn. Never assume anything. Question everything. So just because you've got a documentation and uh, you might see all caps, don't even assume that that is um, all caps English or whatever, or, or it could be dog Latin or whatever. It could be hieroglyphics. It could be American Sign Language. Don't even assume it. Just say, I can't even recognize it. So then you send it back and say, what is it? What language are you using? <laughs> <laughs> so have you gotten like a, a, a reply to to some something like that? Yes, I've used it and it worked. <laughs> what do they reply with? They get, it was quite funny. Um, they did. Um, they knew exactly what I knew. So they um, I sent it to them um, and they did one of those um, letters where they played dumb, but then mm-hmm. dropped the charge, uh-huh. dropped the ticket. Um, so, um, it was, uh, one of those cameras, you know, when you, in this country, you've got bus lanes, if you drive down a bus lane, camera catches you, they'll send you a fine. Yeah. Well, of course, got one of those and it was just hieroglyphic nonsense, no signature. I didn't know who sent it or anything like that. So I sent it back. It says, I can't even recognize it. I said, it's illegible. I, and I also put in it, I said, um, the title is not even registered, uh, recognized, sorry. Cause it was sent to a name. It's all, all caps. So I goes, that's the addressee. The titled addressee, sorry, a title addressee is not even recognized. So I went through a list and you know, it says, title addressee is not recognized. There's no signature on this, so I can't ascertain obligation. And the document is illegible because I don't even know what language it's in. And I went through it and I was saying, look, there's boxes on there. I don't even know all of this. Sent it back. And within six six weeks, they got a letter back saying, okay, don't worry about it. But- <laughs> <laughs> awesome. In certain language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were saying, like, oh, well, you should check with DVLA to make sure your details are right and all this nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew. I knew. So um, that's great. But that's where people need to be. Okay. The, the people are in a, a mess today because they make the assumption that the documents they are receiving is written in English. And they'll make an assumption that the document has some sort of legal or lawful binding to it, that they are legally or lawfully bound to it. Uh, And they'll make an assumption there's some sort of authority on this document, okay? And they'll make an assumption that they are obligated to actually answer the questions within this documentation. And this is where people fall foul of the system because you get Mm -hmm. pulled in. And some people try and be a bit clever and they try and address some of the questions and start being, you know, common law stuff and start i'm the living man and all this stuff. you just get pulled in don't do that mm-hmm. when i when i do my notices i don't use that terminology i don't go i the living man blah 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 i just write it as yeah. if it's a notice of commerce in plain english um i remove all the emotion out of it and i just put in some facts in there nice and neat i i, I lay it um lay out the notice in the correct format so your name should be on the, well, depending on which way you're looking at you, your name and address would be on this side. Their name and address would be on that side. Your signature needs to be on this side. Mm-hmm. Date it, all this sort of stuff. So um, that's, that's how I deal with things. Treat it as commerce. Um, treat it like you're receiving bad documentation from, from corporations who don't know what they're doing. And you send it back. I think that's a great example for people to like kind of start out with, like start out small. I that type of stuff I, I like. And I, I've also been trying to figure out like how to 
stop paying certain bills. And I have had trouble kind of finding out information on how to do this because everything is essentially already paid by your trust, right? Correct. So can you give like a simple example of like one bill and how to, like how would you stop paying yes. it? Okay, um, right. Now the thing with bills, um, we have to determine what form of bill it is, okay? Because you've got the private bills, which would be a private contract, not within the legal system. And then you've got bills that come from the legal system. Um, which is anything connected with government. So, so call it state bills, if you like. Mm-hmm. So anything connected with the state, the government, all of that is prepaid for using your SESTA KV trust. Okay. So in simple form, we don't use money on this planet. We all, all, we, all we are using is notes of credit and debt. It's creditors and debtors. That's all it is. And the government uses your name to create the credit. So that is then used to pay for whatever it is. It's paid for building the hospitals, the schools, the trains, you know, the roads, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's paid for um, creating electricity, you know, coal mining, all that's all paid for using your name, your trust. Mm-hmm. And then what they do is that makes them the debtor. It's the treasury is the debtor. And then they have to sell this debt and they sell it to corporations. That's what the debt market is. So they'll sell the debt and then they are, you are tricked into thinking it's a bill. So like a utility company, you think you're buying electricity when in fact you're not, you're just buying debt, which is based on the amount of clicks on a meter. So when you're talking about bills, yeah, just about all bills are prepaid for if it's to do with the government. If it's a private thing, like, um, I don't know, you you go to a shop or something, you buy a TV and you decide, you you agree you pay a hundred pound a week or whatever, that's a separate private contract. You are obligated to pay hundred pound a week okay you can't turn around and say well i'm going to take the tv for free you go yeah, no well, no your trust yeah your trust has got nothing to do would with wi-fi that. be private too well i'm trying to find the shooting gun on that i suspect that wi-fi is paid for through government through the trust like the telephone systems it looks like the telephone systems was the infrastructure for the telephones was also paid for using your trust what is absolutely confirmed today if you're in the common law movement it's absolutely everyone now knows that your gas and your electricity is prepaid. Yeah, that's known. And it's very easy to spot because when you actually deal with a utility company, OK, you can look them up and you will find that they are, in fact, a credit broker. So that means they sell debt. So you go, well, hang on a minute. Why am I dealing with a credit broker if I'm actually supposed to be buying electricity and gas? And of course, you're not. You're buying debt. So what you can do is once you've got that evidence and you find your utility company, your gas, electricity or even the water board. Once you can get hold of them and you can find it's going to take some digging. It's not a very it's not just like a, a Google search. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I'll speak into, into my phone. Hey, Google, can you give me the answer? And you're going to get the answer within two seconds. No, this might take hours and hours of deep research. But once you can do, if you can pull apart a corporation and you'll find the evidence that they are indeed a credit broker, then they are now in breach of contract. So at that point, so gas, electricity, they are credit brokers. That one, what you would do then is you would terminate with them. You say, I'm no longer entering into commerce with you. I am no longer making direct debit payments to you because it was not, I was not told I was actually buying um, electricity. yeah, I was not told that I was actually buying debt. I thought I was buying electricity and gas. So then you have the right to terminate. That was the, that would be the reason why you're going to terminate. And then from then on, you'd fit your own meters, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, remove their meters because you don't own your gas and electric meter. That is owned by, 
another corporation. They lease that out. So right. another corporation lease those meters out to a debt company that then sells you debt based on your clicks. So you can put your own meters in. Uh, and the reason you put your own meters in is because you'll say, I am now going to monitor my own usage of the electricity that I've already paid for. So I'm with honor. And if you get contacted by some of these corporations that you have no contract with, you can turn and say, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a notice of conditional acceptance. I conditionally accept that I will indeed enter into commerce with you and I will buy debt from you based on clicks on a meter. However, you're going to have to use my meters and I will provide my meter readings from my meters and I shall charge a hundred pound a day. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> Excellent. So, so, it's really, so it's really about finding the information first. And then from there, it seems relatively simple. Pretty straightforward. Um, you can use, I mean, it's a bit difficult in, in your country, but in this country, by the way, country is a corporation. So people don't know that it's a corporation. And uh, so in this com uh, country, the UK, um, we do have legislation that we can actually use. We can play with legislation. I can play the game. See, I like to use all the tools that are out there. I will play with the legal system when it suits me. I won't mm -hmm. be pulled into it, but I will use it. So then you can start using the legislation because you go, well, hang on a minute. Are you actually a registered company? And you go, you know, whatever utility company you're dealing with, if you go, yeah, yeah, you're registered. Okay, fantastic. You're registered with the UK corporation. That means you are, you've accepted liability of this legislation. And then I can bring up legislation where it comes to selling and buying debt. And within the legislation, there has to be a written contract with two signatures on it saying, I agree to buy the debt. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. That contract doesn't exist. So then I can start going after these utility companies and says, you can't come after me for non-payment. There was no contract to begin with. This is all fraudulent. So, you know, this is why people need to do the homework a little bit. Get your tools ready. Don't go half-cocked. There's a lot of people who hear stuff on the internet that go for half-cocked, like mortgages, for example, right? People learn that it's your own credit that's the mortgage, right? They'll learn that. And then, so, and then they'll just cancel their monthly payment. I go, you can't do that. You've got to create your case. You've got to have your evidence, right? Once you've got your case and your evidence, then you can contact your mortgage company and say, look, I'm going to need to know who the creditor is. And they can't give you the, the name of the creditor because it's you. So, yeah, there's a lot of people going half-cocked. Mm -hmm. Got to do your homework. You've got to learn this stuff. Um, you've got to know what you're doing. Um, but, yeah, just about every single bill out there um, – is prepaid for if it's to do with the government anything to do with the government is prepaid for that's trains the roads it's the hospitals everything schools everything like that even the petrol should be free because you paid for it <laughs> right. it's your it's your uh, abiotic hydrocarbon that's what it, it's yours it's your commodity the oil that was in the sea is yours so uh, wow. so this is what people don't understand this is why it's called a commodity common to all Common well, yeah. commodity Gas prices are about five dollars a gallon here right now, so people might want to look into that. <laughs> yes, they do. I mean, they need to. It's about two quid a liter here. 
<laughs> so it's painful. You know, you got it cheap. I wish it was only wow. $5 over here for a gallon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wish. No, it's about two quid a litre, you know, 190 or something like that at the minute, you know, or over two quid if it's diesel. And the thing with diesel, it's a byproduct of actually creating um, petrol. It's waste. And it's even more expensive than the petrol. So, but yeah, um, the oil is yours because um, we all own it. Okay. Now, there is a corporation that obviously digs it out, you know, pumps it out and turns it into petrol. Okay. There's a cost involved. We get that's not a problem. Well, the thing is, is our trust fund paid for that. I didn't, you know, I don't have to pay a second time. My trust fund has already paid for it. So when it's at the pumps, I'm going, why am I paying two quid when it's my oil? <laughs> and my trust fund actually paid for the oil company to get it out of the ground and turn it into petrol. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy so, how, um, they, how they get us. <laughs> it's such a scam. It's yeah. like, it's such, and the thing with petrol, it's actually very cheap. Very cheap. It should be, if, if you include everything, all the cost, the, mine, the mining and the drilling and everything, it's barely 20p a litre. That's wow. it. So we're paying two quid a litre and it should be 20p. You should be able to run your car for a year and it should have cost you about 250 quid. You know, when you, and this is what it, what the government is doing is this is what all the wars in the Middle East are all about. Suppression of oil. And the thing with oil, it's not even a fossil fuel. I hate that. Everyone goes fossil fuel. What do you mean fossil fuel? It's got nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with dinosaurs. <laughs> fossil fuel. <laughs> If you research, your fossil fuel was invented by, I believe it was either, I think it was the Rockefellers, I believe, to yeah. make it appear that oil was scarce. That's where the term comes from. I don't do think it. dinosaurs even existed, to be honest. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, I, I, I mean, I found fossils myself. So, you know, I have. Have you? Don't, don't, yeah, I was a kid. I was digging fossils out. So something's there. But wow. I think with the dinosaurs, I think it's the extrapolation from bones. Right. Well, they can create kind of whatever they want from yes. a skeletal frame, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. That's where, because yes, there is bones. I mean, I found some myself when I was a kid. That, you know, oh, here we go. Um, so <laughs> we can find fossils, but then it's the extrapolation. So they'll find a few bones and then they'll go, oh, it's this great big giant creature. So that's the yeah. extrapolation, which right. might not be correct. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm told from what I understand, they don't even have like a full skeleton anywhere and the stuff that you see in museums is not even the real, the actual bones, and no one's actually seen the the real bones. <laughs> yes, it's possible. Absolutely. Um, yes, I've. I know that some skeletons are made up from different animals, putting it all together. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> you never know. Who knows? You never know. No, Who it's extrapolation. I, I do believe there's some, you know, creatures that existed millions of years ago, but um, what we're being told is not quite. The truth. I mean, a lot of them say that, you know, the, the dinosaurs were cold blooded. And I had, you know, that. And then um, they had scales. That doesn't seem to be true. It could yeah. be feathers on them. And all this sort of stuff. So. <laughs> everything, everything is a lie. I know that. It is. Some, to some extent. <laughs> it is. But before we get too far into dinosaurs, <laughs> yeah, um, <that's> topic. <laughs> which is fine. But um, <laughs> uh, can you explain the, the set of KV trust a little bit? I can go into, um, to be honest with you, the, the, I know, I know, I know some of it. The, the, yeah. the, the main guy is Peter Wilson. Cause he I knows. Know. I, <laughs> I would point to him all the time. He's, I love listening to his videos. He's great. Yeah, you know? I know I wanted you guys together so badly, but I would tip my hat and go, Pete Wilson's the guy on the Sester KV trust. He's yeah. two and a half thousand years of uh, human, human history that he's researched. He knows it. 
inside. And he'll tell you the history of it, um, which is fascinating. I'll have to get you guys together sometime. I don't know. I'll have to try again. Yes. Yeah. But try and get him on. Um, yeah. I, I was lucky enough to go to one of his events uh, about a month or so ago. It's great. I, I just sit down, just absorb it all in. Yeah. His knowledge is fantastic when it comes to that. Um, he'll yeah. tell you the history of it, how it all started from Roman civil law, even going back further than that. And the, it's great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, it, it, just to put a bullet point, you know, just basic um, layman terms that the, mm-hmm. the Sester KV Trust, it's all the birth certificate. It's been evolving for centuries. So it's not like it started two and a half thousand years ago. It's the same version today. It's always been evolving and changing and all the rest of it. But you can look it up. It's not a conspiracy theory. You can yeah, I've it. looked it up. Yeah. And it translates to he who lives. Yes. Says yeah. to KV. I say it's yeah. French. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's right. And uh, you can, it's even on the government's own website. <laughs> in here in this country, UK yeah. Corporation, um, it, you can do, it, I think it's the uh, uh, Sister KV Act 1666, I believe. I think it is, but you can look it yes, up and go online. Six. I, I have a copy on my desktop, actually. Um, I, I think there's two as well. I, I remember what Pete was saying. Um, I think they, they did another one, and they did another one a few years later or something. I mean, the history is so complex. You could spend a yeah. lifetime just trying to research that. Yeah, the, the first line, I'll just read it because um, it's really interesting. Maybe you can kind of pull it apart. Uh, it says, an act for uh, redress of inconveniences by want of proof of the deceases of persons beyond the seas or yes. absenting themselves upon whose lives estates do depend. Yes. Yes. You've got to take that apart in layman's terms in English. What that was is after the great fire of London, um, the people escaped London into the Thames. So they were lost at sea. So what the, uh, the government did is they, because everything was burnt, all the deeds were burnt. What they did is they put everything into trust and they said, we're going to hold on to this for you. And then you've got to come back on land and then claim back your property. No one ever did. <laughs> so, wow. That's what it means. So from that day forth, everything has been in trust. Okay. So all your property, land, all the rest of it sort of stuff. Um, but yes, that's what that translates to. And all this sort of like maritime law, law of the sea was essentially started by the Phoenicians. That's right? it. That's yeah, the, yeah. Phoenician, Canaanites, same same people who did child sacrifice and all yes. that business. Yeah, yes, that's right. It's it is. Yeah, he's right. It's a really interesting history. It's great. I like because I, I love listening to Pete Wilson when he's talking about this stuff. Um, me too. <laughs> how he's managed to do all that is beyond me. It's like oh, <laughs> I know, I know. I've I've delved in a little bit into it, and it, I mean it's fascinating. I did uh, I did a little short film on um, uh, the Sabbatean Frankists. And, right. and okay. that whole thing. So how that that's kind of like all interconnected into the Babylonian gangs and, and oh, stuff. Right. Sabotage Zevi. And that's where like the because that started in 1666 as well. And God, I think yeah. that that's where they get in modern day Satanism. The 666 comes from the Kabbalah, which they were really into. Yes. Uh, power of numbers yes. and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They love their numbers. Yeah. <laughs> super, <laughs> super fascinating. Um, but Okay, what else did I want to ask you? Um, so I guess with with the whole uh, common law thing, mm-hmm. a lot like a lot of people right now are having still ha- still having trouble, uh, especially in hospitals here in New York. Um, they are 
preventing people from seeing loved ones unless you have the, yes. the devil's juice um, or you're wearing a face diaper. Um, and so I know you've said you have to kind of like, you know, approach those things man to man or woman to woman, whoever's like coming after yes. you. But it, so in a situation where it's really dire, is there any remedy for that using true law? No, no, not something quick and simple. Okay, a lot of people out there are looking for quick and simple, and it yeah. doesn't exist. Remedy can take months and months. Yeah. Um, but what I will do is I'll explain to people what is going on. Okay, we spoke about public earlier. All right, so public is in fact private. So you're entering into another private jurisdiction. It's a it's a jurisdiction of a corporation. So if you use public hospitals, okay, controlled by the state, registered with the state, right? What you're actually doing is you're entering into a corporation and you're accepting the contract and the policy of that corporation. So you're not told this, you don't realize this, but that's what's going on. So you're entering into a contract. And that is why people find themselves, they can't leave. We're hearing this with uh, mums giving birth and then the, they're, not letting, they're not releasing the child. It's happening quite a bit over in this country with our public hospitals. So if, as long as you understand what's going on, you've entered into a contract. It's, it's not legitimate, by the way, because you're not told. A, a, a legitimate contract re requires meeting of the minds and it has to have informed consent. That didn't happen. So it's a, not a legitimate uh, contract in any way. So one thing you need to do is don't fight the the hospital itself because that's a legal fiction all right it doesn't exist um, you've got to make it personal so the way you do it is you focus on the person who's stopping you doing the thing all right you get their name what's your name what your doctor I want to know what your full name is okay and then you serve notice on that person one of the things you can do especially if you're dealing with doctors and nurses is get them on the um hippocratic oath because they've sworn an oath to do no harm so ask that. It says, okay, I've got your name now. What's your name? Okay, you know, Dr. Bill or whatever. You need his full name, Bill Smith, whatever, Billy Bob. So, okay, I've got your name. Uh, are you operating under your oath today? Are you actually sworn an oath to do no harm? And he's going to, well, what? And then you push it. So, no, I need you to tell me, are you operating under your oath? Have you taken an oath to do no harm? Because you're doing harm right now. And I'm going to make you liable. Okay, I will be suing you, not the hospital, you for your actions. Okay, mm -hmm. I will be sending my legal team to go after you. Someone will knock on your front door serving you notice. So you make them liable and get it recorded. Go in with your camera, get it, always switch it on. If you're going to go into any of these public buildings, have a camera going before anything even begins. You can't trust any of these public buildings. But that's the way to be. Get a professional. Don't use bad language. Don't use uh, threats or anything like that. Try it. I know it's difficult, but I know it's difficult. I've got a anger issues so I've got to deal with. I get angry with people as well. <laughs> I'll get kicked off. <laughs> so I, I, I'm telling you, it's difficult for me. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, trying to, you know, motions are up. Try not to swear. Take deep breaths. Just be forceful. Be confident and, and just collect information, okay? You might not get what you want on that particular day. You might have to retreat, but you've got enough evidence to now you can sue, okay? So then you go back and say, right, I'm now suing, and now I'm going to hit you with all these notices and all the rest of it. And, and then you go after these people, 
I think what's going to happen is when a few of these doctors and nurses and uh, politicians and all the rest of them, when they start getting sued, when the people start waking up and say, you know what, I'm not backing down. I'm going to sue you. And when some of these doctors, nurses, politicians, whatever, start losing their homes and their cars because they've lost, that's when they're going to back down. Unfortunately, too many people kind of just accept it. They don't they don't bother to sue and they just kind of take it. You know what I mean? That so that's matter. a problem. Um, don't quote me, but I, I, I think somebody told me that they actually changed the Hippocratic Oath too in 2020. It's possible. I've heard that myself. Yeah. It's possible. They, yeah, they did all kinds of like crazy tweaks and, and stuff, which is that's very right. sinister. Well, it might be a good idea. Again, uh, get educated. Okay, so people need to learn this stuff. So if you know you're going to go into a hospital, then it might be a good idea to actually download their oath. Maybe even have it written down. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it puts the fear of God into them if you appear to know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you could go in. I mean, there's a technique we like to use where, say, you're getting hassled by the bailiffs or whatever like that, is you get your own book out, <laughs> you get your own pen out. Right, okay. And I'll go, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now here we go. You know, so, yeah, you could get your own book out. You know, you've got, you're ready. You've got your pen. Okay, right, what's your name? Okay, Dr. Bill. Okay, okay. Are you under your oath? And, go, and you might go, oh, what, do, what, do, what does that mean? I said, oh, don't worry. I've actually got it written down. Okay, do you want me to read it out to you? You know, and then he's going to start, oh, you know stuff. Yeah, I do. So if you go in prepared, this is why most people lose. They go in unprepared. They have no clue what they're doing. And they get frustrated. They lose the temper. And then the police turn up and it ends up terrible. But go, people, you've got to get educated, all right? I, th- this yeah. is why I, I do a 22-week course here in Leicester in, in England. And it's a course to get you on the right path, all right? Keep you on the straight and narrow so you don't get pulled into these scams online. So I'll teach you how to do it. Well, I don't teach, you know, it's a workshop. So I just talk. If people want to listen, that's up to them. So I don't technically teach. but So I, I, I do that. So it's only the people who do the work and get educated now so when something does happen to them in the future they'll know what to do okay the problem is is most people wait to the last minute it's like oh god something's gone wrong you know they've got the bailiffs knocking on my door and then they go i've got to get myself some common law it's too late (laughs) you should have done the six months training you see that's most people will not put the work in that's the that's the sad fact they won't and those people will lose there's going to be a lot of losers in this game but the ones who are educated, we know how it works. We know how to handle ourselves with language properly. We can read now. We can actually read the documentation. We know how to put a notice together. We can send it off. Well, we'll be fine. And our numbers are growing as well. The sovereign fraternity is getting quite big. <laughs> That's awesome. And will you be doing an online course as well? I think I heard something about that. Yes. Um, what we're actually doing, um, I've set up what we call the train the trainer day. Um, which is booked for the 14th of August. So we've got the venue booked and all the rest of it. There is, um, I think there's a few tickets left. We've sold three quarters of the tickets already. We've only just told people about it about a week ago, I think. So three quarters of the tickets are gone already. So I think we've got a quarter of the tickets left. Um, and these, uh, what this is for is to pe- for people who want to hold their own workshop. 
Okay, so they want to hold their own workshop. They want to get bring people together, do the PowerPoint presentations, hold out leaflets, this sort of stuff, and actually do their own workshop. So you'll get provided with all this information um, on the day. So we'll put, we're, we're doing that. After that, once we've got rid of, uh, you know, the hassle of putting that together, we will be trying to put together a online uh, webinar series. Um, if people are interested, then we ask people to register their interest on the website. If we get enough people are interested, we'll pull the trigger. We'll make it happen. So I think we've got about 500 people are, who are interested. We, I want to get it to 1,000. So if a thousand people say they want to do it, I'll do it. Cause it means I'm, I'll have to give up an evening every week and then, yes. you know, and I don't want to do it if just three people log in cause I've got things to do. Yeah. You know, I am. I'm doing this full time. So mm. if there's enough people want to do it, I'll make it happen. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll definitely post some, some things about that. Cause I would love to, to see it myself. That'd be great. No worries. No worries. Um, so, um, Another topic of conversation, I thought this might be an interesting question, but a very contentious subject uh, that people have been talking about is the whole abortion thing. And I I wondered through the lens of common law, um, yes, how that would be viewed if uh, like, say, you know, in, in olden times before the legal system, if somebody had decided to abort their baby, how would that be viewed? Okay. Here's what we're going to do. You have to change the argument. See what the politicians are doing. The politicians have called it abortion. And you go, well, wait a minute. Abortion is just a medical procedure. Okay. So you move that out of the way. It's like the gun. It's like, you know, it's not the gun's fault for the, for the death. All right. You get the gun out of the equation. It's nothing to do with that. So the abortion thing, get that out of the equation. Don't care. So the argument should be, has a murder occurred forget how it was done i don't care i mean you know abortion or you know did the someone stab the woman with a knife and the the baby died so forget the abortion thing the argument should be has a murder occurred that's the position you need to be in okay now you can take it further and say okay then when were you born or sort of let's take the actually let's move the argument a little bit how old were you when you were born how old were you when you were born it's minutes old no <laughs> or nine, oh, months nine months old. oh right <laughs> true well, nine yeah. months. right well that's the argument i guess they're making is like you know whether like when life starts right that's the whole thing yeah we'll wind it back Wind you back. When did life start? You know, not to be indelicate, but you know, when your mum and dad had a a nice evening, should we say? <laughs> you know, yes. this is just the old, uh, you know, maybe they had a few drinks and put the Bobby Brown tapes on or whatever. And nine months later, there you are, so, Bobby uh, Brown. Yeah, dating yourself, Pete. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, for the young'uns out there, you're going to have to look up your Bobby Brown. (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) So you go, well, when did life start? That's when it started. Okay, it's not it's not an argument. It's I don't understand why these people can make an argument because you go, no, if that never happened, that evening never happened, you would not be here today. You just wind the clock back. And then you ask yourself a question is, does anyone have the right to murder somebody? 
The answer is no. And said, okay, what happens if they're five years old? Can you murder somebody when they're five years old? No. What happens if they're three years old? No. What happens if they're one year old? Can you still murder them? No, it's morally wrong. Okay, what happens if you're nine months old? No, can't do that. Okay, six months old. Can you still murder someone if they're six months old? Remember, you're in the womb at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, what happens if you are one month old? Can you still murder someone when they're only one month old? Morally, that's wrong. You can't do that. Okay, well, you're in the womb at that point. Okay, you're a month old. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, then what happens if you're 10 minutes old? Can I still murder you if you're 10 minutes? You know, there's your dad and mum having a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to be indelicate, everyone, but (laughs) 10 minutes, you're you're there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can I now murder you? (laughs) Of course not. Right. So the argument should be moved away from the abortion. Abortion is just a medical procedure. Move away from that. That's what politicians do. Yeah. Right. That's how they do it. And they get people arguing for decades over something that's not even a, 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 an argument. And then yeah. you've got your pro-abortion and anti-abortion. And go, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, abortion is just one way to end the life of a, of a baby, if you like. What happens if you stab the woman or want to shoot the woman? Is that okay? It's a double homicide if you kill a pregnant woman. It is. It is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so. Oh, in fact, there was a, just, that's what reminded me. There was a, a lady, uh, she was pregnant and she was dri- in America and she was driving down these, uh, you, in, in your country, you have these lanes where you can, you can drive down if you've got more than, if there's two people in the car. Carpooling. Carpooling, that's it. Yeah. You've got carpooling in your country, mm-hmm. right? So if there's two people in the car, you can drive in these special lanes and cut out all the traffic. Anyway, this pr- pregnant lady, she was driving along. She got pulled over by the police. And the police gave her a ticket and said, no, 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 there's two people traveling. Me and the baby. <laughs> There's two people in the car. <laughs> and, that, and that worked? It worked. <laughs> yes. Because wow. it is, it's a double homicide. If you actually yeah. murder a, a pregnant baby, two lives have been murdered. So, um, but yeah, they, this is, they move the argument. It's not abortion. Abortion is not the argument. That's just they, they love to redefine things in all of their kind of like fake institutions. I mean, we see it with, virology too right they redefined isolation so so, you know it's no longer putting something by itself you don't you don't need a virus by itself you mix in a bunch of shit yes then you call it isolation that's right so uh, yeah yeah they love they love doing that that's what they do yeah that's what they do that's right they like titles they'll use titles you know so i'll call you pro-abortion or anti-abortion and i'm neither that, that there might be a time when an abortion is necessary to save the life of the mother. You don't know if a pregnancy has gone wrong, then that medical procedure will probably save the life of the mother. Mm-hmm. So that's just a medical procedure. So right. that's why the argument's wrong. Everyone's going, oh, you know, are you pro, you're against all form abortions? I go, well, it's just a medical procedure. It's like vaccines. It's a medical procedure, something I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean you're anti. So this is what the uh, the politicians do. It's the Hegelian dialectic. So they'll yes. turn something into a two-way argument. They'll split it in half and you've got to be pro or anti. Yeah. And I go, that's not how it works. There's a middle ground. There's more to it. So that's what they'll do. And then they'll get people to argue. Uh, I don't get pulled into those sort of debates. Right. Yeah. They love, they love doing that. They very, very divisive tactics. 
Yes. Um, and it's funny because all the, you know, plebs think that they they kind of even within the legal system, they they lost some right, but it was misapplied pretty much to the 14th Amendment. It, it had no business. Right. Um, so it's kind of just it's a whole shit show it watching is. them kind of lose lose their minds over it. It is. I mean, this is what I mean, the thing is, that one thing I've noticed is watching all this that's going on is just realizing how many people are brainwashed your rights don't come from the constitution (laughs) your rights don't come from a piece of paper written by someone else so everyone's fighting over this and i'm going why my rights do not come from a piece of paper written by a president or a politician people got to wake up to that it's like the i know what's going on with your second amendment because that's mm. been attacked. They want to, uh, what's it? Want to repeal it and change it? Don't there? Something I, I heard. Yeah. I go. Okay, fine. It doesn't apply to me anyway. So that's what the Americans should do. Is say, I don't. You have the right to bear arms anyway. It's inherent to you. It yeah. doesn't come from that constitution. Right. So change it. Get rid of it. I don't care. It's like when uh, over here. I know Boris Johnson's just left. He's not our. Well, I say our. He's not nothing to do with me. It's not the UK's um, president. Or, sorry, prime minister. And they were changing the Human Rights Act and dealing with the EU and everyone's, oh, we've got to protest, we've got to petition. I go, why? I don't get my rights from the Human Rights Act. Change it all you want. I don't care. It doesn't apply to me. Uh, you know, human, it gives the game away. Colour of man. I did not give permission to any politician to write my rights down on a piece of paper that they then control. I didn't do this. I didn't allow this to, to be done. Mm. So, you know, everyone's fighting and go what are you fighting for why are you shaking your fist you know they're, they're going to get rid of the second amendment and <laughs> i don't care <laughs> i have the right to bear arms anyway <laughs> right but can they, so can they argue though if you're connected to anything legal whatsoever that you that you did give permission it's a invalid argument now here's what's going on this is you've got to go a deeper level <laughs> so this is how they do it if you accept the term um American citizen, right? Because obviously, if you if you uh, emigrate into uh, in, into America, you swear allegiance to the flag, blah blah blah, all that sort of stuff. You become an American citizen. So if you accept that title, then now here's the trick. Technically, I'm going to use quotes, air quotes. You are a employee of that corporation. Therefore, the constitution now applies to you because that is a corporate policy. Okay. Now here's the thing. It's never you, the living, breathing. It's your legal fiction that's become the American citizen. So you can say, oh, fine, okay, this is my uh, legal fiction. Then my legal fiction doesn't have the right to bear arms. Okay, fine. I do. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not accepting the legal fiction. It's just a corporation. I am the director of this corporation. So I won't allow my corporation to bear arms. That's fine. Yeah, you could take the gun rights away from my paper legal fiction corporation. I don't care. Mm. But me, I do what I want. Makes sense. <laughs> but so I got I have to admit that's a pretty scary battle to try and fight. No, like, yeah, like they might come after you, right? Individual, yes. I mean, yeah. this is the problem with the system is that there will come a point that the people who control the system won't care. Even if you get everything right, even if you tell yeah. them, you, I, I, you know, I can say to them, I know how, the, how it works. I know about the legal fiction. I know how it works. Yeah. But they will ignore the paperwork at that point. Yeah. And they'll still come after you. And that, when that happens, I'm not going to be using pens and paper 
I'm be, I'll be putting that down. I go, okay, if that's the game you're playing, yeah, okay. But it's a numbers game. If enough of us know how the system works and enough of us turn around and say, okay, I'm not playing this game anymore, the violence doesn't happen. See, a scam collapses when everybody knows the scam. Yes. So when enough people know that it's a scam, that's it. You can't, the people behind government can't carry out the scam anymore because everybody knows. So, yeah, it's a numbers game. It's get the information out there, educate people. And when enough of us know, that's it. Game over, and then it's not difficult for the individual anymore. You don't have to fight alone because you're with another hundred million people who also know that it's a scam. Right, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, what what do you see happening with the whole uh, the reset, and uh, what do you think people should know as far as being prepared for that? Because obviously they've been setting up this great reset and there's there's a book on it oh um, yeah <laughs> so where do you see that heading and uh how can people prepare and uh yeah in the proper fashion well i think that the great reset is one of the reasons i started speaking out a long time ago back in i think i 2015 is when i started coming out and, and just warning people um you know i wrote a book just get it out there so i knew it was coming um it is happening in this decade. One way or another, it's going to happen. Okay. Um, now, if you know what's going to happen, which will be the end of the fiat system or hyperinflation. Okay. That's why petrol's going up and all food's going up. We're entering into hyperinflation now. So if you know that's happening, you know what's actually going on is the devaluation of the notes or the fiat currency system. You know that's what's happening. And it has to be done because it's a Ponzi scheme. So it's going to go exponential. And a lot of economists say it's going to go exponential in 2025. That's when it's like infinity. You know, it's like mm. a feedback on a speaker. It's like, woo, you can't, can't stop it at that point. It's compounding interest. Yeah. So you go, okay, I know it's coming. Um, we also know that um, the, the people behind the government, the parasite class, they're trying to shut down the supply chains. That's what all this lockdown nonsense was all about. And the doing all this you go okay no it's coming don't need to dwell on it so one of the things you should do is try and get yourself prepared for it create yourself a lifeboat now i can't give financial advice all right but i can say what i've done so i have fine uh you know savings and whatnot but i don't have it in fiat so i took it all out of the bank i don't have any money in the bank just a little bit just to cover some direct debits that's all a small amount of money in the bank that's it i don't have my life savings in fiat but i chose to have it in uh, gold and silver if you look into the financial system, you'll realize that gold and silver happen to be the most suppressed asset on the planet. They're giving it away at this point. OK, so you, when you see a crash coming, you look at what is overly priced. That's property, cars, that sort of stuff. You say, OK, I'm going to get out of those markets. Mm -hmm. um, some of these corporations, Apple and uh, Amazon only, so they're getting just too big. Amazon doesn't even make any money, so I don't know how it's worth billions of dollars. But anyway. So you look at all that, like, so that's way overpriced. Um, so you look at what is underpriced, and it's gold and silver. So you probably want to take that as a lifeboat, set that aside. And then it might be a good idea to have some uh, cryptos. You know, I don't like really? Bitcoin. Yeah, just, just to run the wave, because yeah, I can see that the cryptos are going to take on, as fiat collapses, people are going to be jumping into other options. And I think fiat, uh, 
Bitcoin and other cryptos is going to start taking off. It's going to be funny to play out because I know that the government wants us in a crypto. They, that's where they want us in. Okay. So they're going to right. try and do that. And a lot of people say that Bitcoin is the government's coin, which it could be. It's, it's um, not transparent. It can be tracked. But it might be good to have some of it, some Bitcoin, and then ride the wave. And it could go up over the next few years. And then you can come out of the Bitcoin and then jump into something like Monero, which is like a privacy coin. And then you can use that. And then you could use that on the um, black market, shall we say. But mm. another thing you need to do is get networked in your area. Get to know people who think the same as you, okay? So I know farms, um, so my food should be good. I can get my food. Um, I can get milk. Um, I know people that have skills that I can call upon if I need them, and I can offer my skills to them. Um, and get yourself a lot of silver coins, because I think the silver coins are going to be like a black market coin, because no, one no one's going to want uh, fiat. Yeah. So get networked um I, I would not hold any wealth in any bank it's not yours anyway and if you've got money in the bank it's not yours you don't need it's not even your bank account the bank account is owned by the bank the bank account's not even in your name yeah. <laughs> you know so you're just administrator of that bank account for the bank okay and you're supposed to get paid for that <laughs> but they don't even pay you to do that Interesting. so Yes, don't trust banks. I don't I don't like Bitcoin though. I don't I try not oh. to promote Bitcoin because I mean it's crazy to me that so many people are like really into it because yes. I mean I just know when we go digital, even though they say oh it's decentralized, whatever. I mean the, the government has a habit of like regulating things, right? Yep. So well the Bitcoin itself is is correct. It's it is decentralized. So a lot of people say, well, the government can control Bitcoin. Now, I don't know that for sure because I have not seen the source code of Bitcoin. I don't know what that actually mm. is written in it. But I don't think they're going to control the coin itself. They're going to control your device. So mm. it's going to be your phone, your computer. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. You know, if you've got an Apple device, you don't own it. Apple does. So mm. the average person doesn't know this. You've got an iPhone or a, a Mac pro or something like that that's not yours so what you've done is once you've bought it you've given it back to apple when you sign their terms and conditions no one reads it everyone just ticks have you read the terms and conditions yes that's not a valid contract pete of course it's not you're absolutely <laughs> correct <laughs> <It's not. laughs> okay absolutely so not. do they really own it they don't it's the same with you don't they don't really own your car they don't really right. own your hand. yes okay it's not a valid contract in any way you're absolutely correct Okay. So I don't want people to panic, but um, <laughs> but it's the same with Google devices. You don't own that. And also Microsoft, they've, they've been caught out because you know they're bringing out the new Windows 11. A lot of people have been taking a closer look. And what it is, is Microsoft are trying to do an Apple where they want to control your device. So And they're going to lock you out of your device. So they're doing it in a certain way. Once you've installed uh, Windows 11... It's quite complicated, but they do it with the BIOS or something. They put some software in the BIOS or something, and then you can't get rid of Windows 11 because you've actually handed over ownership of the computer to Microsoft. God. So you have to completely start. I mean, you can do it if you really know what you're doing. But anyway, what Microsoft is doing is trying to do an Apple. So they're doing it slowly. So and Tesla's doing the same thing with the cars, by the way. You don't own your Tesla. <laughs> so mm -hmm. people think, oh, I own a Tesla. No, you don't. It's mm. owned by Elon Musk. You, you lease it. But anyway... Um, so what they're doing is these corporations are doing this sneaky trick where they're going to own all the devices. 
because think of it this way. You remember uh, a lot of Apple iPhone users, um, they had their apps removed from their phone. I think one of them was, was it Tinder? And another one was that, um, I can't remember, another app or something. And uh, uh, it was all removed. It, 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 all these people had this app on their phone. They got it one morning. It was gone. And go, where's it gone? Yeah. Well, Apple can remove those apps because it's Apple's phone. That's why. Because you agree right. to the terms and conditions, you see. So and, uh, you might notice as well, as a lot of people are trying to do the fight to, for the right to fix iPhones. Because, you know, if you fix, if you try and fix your own iPhone on your own or something like that, or if you're in, you're an independent, you know, you're trying to fix iPhones, you get sued by Apple. Apple say you can't fix those phones. Really? Go, Why not? Yeah. So that, yeah, look into that. There's a fight for your right to, uh, your right to uh, repair. I think it's called the right to repair. Mm. So there's a lot of people trying to fight Apple on that. And I go, well, you shouldn't even be fighting that. You should be waking up and go, how the hell does Apple even have the right to say who fixes my Apple device? So these people are brainwashed, you see. They're still brainwashed. And I go, why are you fighting? You should wake up and say, you don't own that phone. Anyway, so what they're going to do is, because all these devices are now getting corporatized, and you use Bitcoin, it doesn't matter if it's decentralized, it'll be tracked on your phone. They'll know. And if you're still brainwashed and right. you're going to knock on the door, we are the... Bitcoin police and you did a transaction on your phone yesterday and you owe us a hundred pound tax or something, the average pleb will just all, all pay it. Did you see uh, in China um, what they're doing with their queue? The screens? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, I posted a video on it today where they just, they don't yeah. even, they just look into a camera at the store. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. also what's happening is these uh, and the, the, the COVID app. And so if your phone goes off and it's a red alert, the, the Chinese owner of the phone has to go and find an authority and scan the code to get rid of the red alert. Otherwise, you get fined. And you've got all these Chinese people, you know, they're all panicking and they're going to these uh, kiosks with their phones going, get rid of the red alert, red alert. I don't want to be fined. I don't want to be fined. I'm going, they are so brainwashed. I, I can't help those people. They're yeah. too far gone. They're too far yeah. gone. Though. There's too so, many like that. There's too, way too many. It's scary. Yes. Yes, uh, there is. It's fine. I mean, it's like when in China, you, I think we all saw the uh, in was it Beijing or something where there's 38 million people were locked down in the in the towers. Shanghai, I think it was. Shanghai, that was yeah. it. Shanghai, yeah. and um, they were starving, and they were wailing out of the windows and all this, going, "Oh, we're starving!" And stuff. And I'm going, "Look, there's 38 million of you. There's <laughs> barely 10,000 police in the streets. Walk yeah. out the door and go and get some food." But they don't. Pathetic. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I said, just walk out the door. Walk out the you can't help those people. They're too far gone. People become cowards, really. The the cowardice is run run wild. Um I'm just blown away with it. It's like I but that's the problem. People are brainwashed. I see it all the time. And that's the problem. So, um, and that's what the sovereign project is about: is to turn you, make you sovereign, to wake up, you know, and no longer be controlled by someone else. Don't be a doormat. Don't be a doormat. You know, um, don't let someone else tell you what to do. You know, question everything. If someone says you can't do it, you go, why not? Why? Why? Why can't I do the thing? Am I obligated not to do the thing? <laughs> Where are you getting the authority from telling me I can't do the thing? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You get the right attitude and then you can get your paperwork right and all the rest of it. But you've got to get the mindset right. Otherwise, you will lose this game. Yeah. 
Attitude is huge. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I recommend people, as always, go check out uh, the Sovereign Project live. And is there anything else you, you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, well, we spoke about the train the train today on the 14th. Yes. Um, so that'd be great. If, so if you're in uh, England and if you wish to do your own workshop, you know, buy a ticket, turn up and I'll train you up for the day and you'll get some uh, good information. Absolutely. Wonderful. And uh, for anybody uh, joining on YouTube, um, I, I don't typically post episodes on YouTube. Just so you know, um, you can find me on uh, BitChute, Odyssey, um, uh, where I'm on, uh, you know, Spotify and Apple, of course, and um, and a light on podcast on Instagram. So uh, hope to, to see you all there. Thanks for everybody who who uh, came and, and checked this out. And this will be posted. Um, uh, properly in maybe a couple of weeks but uh pete thank you so much again for your time uh it's good to see you again i uh, just about the my year anniversary of starting this podcast so you, yes. you i think you hold the record for for guest uh most appearances <laughs> i do i've been in three times now i think yes three times <laughs> and uh i hope i'll get you again soon with maybe with peter wilson and yes. we can have uh, another discussion but uh, yeah thanks again so much Anytime. The information presented in this program is not intended as legal, health, or nutritional advice. It is provided for informational purposes only. Alighton does not endorse nor accept responsibility for any statements, views, or opinions expressed by its guests.